Adventure Presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, we're talking about a big one today. Uh, one of the one of the last big movies of the year, one of the most anticipated movies um, in recent memory, and one that has had a very tricky trajectory given the loss uh, the untimely uh, loss of uh, Chadwick Boseman uh, with Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Yes, today we are reviewing the end of Phase 4, technically, but we have the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, special presentation, which is coming in a couple weeks, actually. I can't believe that. Um, but we are at the end of Phase 4. Yes, we are reviewing spoiler-free, completely spoiler-free. We won't touch anything that was not in the trailers. So if you've even been avoiding the trailers, you might want to bounce out. Um, but we will touch on some things in the trailers, but we won't be giving major plot beats or any spoilers, obviously. But then we will have a spoiler cast, which will go up on the day of release that you guys can listen to, which will go into every little nook and cranny of the movie. But yes, today we are reviewing Ryan Coogler's Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Starring Letitia Wright, Lapita Nyong'o, uh, Denai Guerrera, uh, Winston Duke, Dominique Thorne, Florence Kasumba, uh, Michaela Cole, uh, Tenoch Huerta, uh, or Tenoch Huerta? No, you had it right the first time. Um, I did it? Okay. Martin Freeman, Angela Bassett, uh, and, and many more. Uh, Eric, how are you uh, this Sunday afternoon? Well, Matt, it's it's interesting because like, you know, you're, you're coming in to talk about a movie that, you know, is, is a part of this larger franchise overall and is also supposed to be entertainment first and foremost and we have seen a lot of sort of the mortality of characters within the mcu in the last little bit and i think that kind of began really with endgame mm-hmm. um spoiler alert iron man dies but the difference there is that Robert Downey Jr. is fine and is, mm-hmm. you know, going on with his life and things like that, where when somebody passes away well before their time and they're a part of something this big, what do you do? And mm-hmm. I can't imagine what Ryan Coogler and Joe Robert Cole, the the co-writer on this, were even thinking because, you know, they've been talking, doing press recently about like having an original script that had T'Challa in it. And that was like two weeks around the time that 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 Chadwick Boseman passed away. So they had to, you know, start from scratch and, and, and rewrite the whole thing. So what do you do? Do you recast? Do you try to you know, take that mantle and give it to the next generation? Do you, you know, subsequently, you know, focus on the women of Wakanda or what, you know, and and not just looking at it from, you know, a narrative standpoint, but from a compassionate standpoint, you know, these are people that worked with Chad with Postman, you know, this cast and crew had a relationship with this man. And it's like, you know, how, how do you move on with respecting that memory and then also, you know, continue the legacy of the character and the world and everything that you built in that 2018 movie that was nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards and kind of was mm-hmm. this huge breakthrough in the MCU and got a lot of people that maybe didn't like Marvel movies to really kind of reconsider attention, yeah. and recontextualize what a Marvel movie can be. So all of that is weighing on you as a movie goer when you're sitting down to watch this thing and at nearly three hours long you're wondering to yourself okay are they going to stick the landing and how are they going to navigate such a an emotionally raw yeah. it's a tricky situation story. really yeah. and, and i think kugler you know we'll talk more about the press conference in in our regular mm-hmm. show but i think kugler you know, even stated there that it's better to just embrace it and embrace yeah. those feelings and 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 put them into the script to the movie, yeah. Then not even acknowledge them. Um, so, with that in mind, the opening sequence of this film might be the most somber within the MCU, where you're actually mourning 
the loss not only of a character but of the actor who played him one final time and that really sets a different tone going into this movie than other marvel films yeah even more so than endgame or you know like at the the beginning of endgame you get a moment where it's the leftovers where people the, the heroes lost and they're stewing in you know their 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 grief but this is this is different because real it has that meta layer on it right yeah Yeah. it has it's tricky man and i i you know we'll get into our our thoughts on the movie but that's a great starting point because um i i don't know what you do because obviously t'challa and and chadwick boseman was being um poised as kind of what it felt like you know that that first black panther movie came right before infinity war you know he was introduced to the civil war he was a big part of both infinity war and the end of end game and it seemed like he was going to be catapulted into that kind of like being as successful as that first movie was like a big huge part of this universe moving forward right uh, a great actor a great character uh that is unfortunately taken from us way too early and and what do you do and i feel like i i'm 100 percent with you and hearing kugler talk about that stuff and saying like you have to embrace it because these characters and and the actors especially are feeling the same thing and and how do you just recast and move on you had to kind of put that into the movie and and i think yeah, those opening moments, man, like, it, you know, sure, Endgame starts the end of Infinity War, the beginning of Endgame does start with that kind of very, you know, when Hawkeye realizes his family is vanished, and it kind of is that somber start uh, leading into Tony being just floating into into space. But there was something about the beginning of this movie that had that meta layer of, yeah, people mourning both Chadwick Boseman, you're now mourning this character, which they kind of just are forced into, you know, who was going to be this huge part of the MCU, just you know, not forced into, but a choice of going, yeah, we're going to kind of sunset this character in a, in a very meta emotional way. And then like you have the Marvel studios logo even come up with like no sound, which I thought like, and it's just like, and then to make a popcorn movie after that, how do you do that? Right. And it, it, it does, I think does very well mixes a very entertaining movie with a very emotional movie, um, with a very good MCU movie and a very good movie focusing on the women of Wakanda and these women who are mourning the loss of of their king and, and their brother, their lover, their son. Like it, it's it's doing a lot of things and there's a lot of stuff in this movie <laughs> and we'll get more into that into the spoiler cast and throughout this spoiler free episode. But um, yeah, it, it was a tricky spot, but I I do believe. I mean, just to kick it off and, and get into the, our thoughts is like that Ryan Coogler. Uh, is one of my favorite working directors, uh, especially in big budget like Hollywood movies, like with the Creed franchise and producing the second and third movies of, of those coming up too, and um, and the Black Panther movies. Like I just I think he does a great job with this, and there is a lot going on. It's three hours. There's some stuff that probably didn't need to be in there and probably could have tightened up this movie, but overall, I think it he delivers another fantastic uh antagonist i don't even want to use the term villain um much like killmonger in that first movie and i think focusing on the women of wakanda and giving them each one of them their kind of own really great uh moment or story that is also dealing you know with the presence of or the lost presence of uh t'challa that i think it it ends up being a very good movie a very good mcu movie uh, and I can't wait to talk about it more, but you go ahead, Eric. Yeah, I, I I liked it. I didn't love it as much as you. I think the strongest aspect is actually looking at this from the point of view of a human scale story and yeah. what that means to lose somebody that was both a monolith in terms of being a king, a protector, a superhero, and then also someone who is... A family member yeah and what those two personalities and and sort of perspectives bring into this narrative and you know i think some of the strongest stuff you know in the movie character wise comes from letitia wright's performance as shuri as she's someone that feels completely helpless and frustrated and though that she failed everybody um you know being one of the smartest people ever and always being able to innovate and and, and come up with a solution that 
she wasn't able to save her brother. And I think that that is just as powerful as any, you know, threat to the world or any kind of, you know, transformation into a superhero. You know, it's it's that feeling of, of helplessness and that feeling of frustration and uselessness that you you get when, you know, you're, you can just basically, you have to stand by and watch um, as something horrible happens and you have no power or control uh, over it and you have to accept it. And then on top of that, you know, what that responsibility means, not only um, as someone grieving something very personal, but then also being a part of a nation that has secluded itself from the rest of the world because it has been dealing with, you know, oppression for so long and wanting to keep away from the rest of the world and the rest of the world seeing this loss and wanting to take advantage of that in a way where it's like you you see the strength and you know steadfastness of of Angela Bassett's queen. Gosh, and she's one, so good in this. She, I mean, she's always been a great actor. Yeah, I, mean, I know. Since but... Critters Four, man, uh, <laughs> she's always been awesome. But but there's a moment where there's this Geneva courtroom scene, and you know, just because she's grieving doesn't mean she isn't a leader. And that you know, make no mistake about it. She does not suffer fools. Um, and when you, when you watch those scenes, they, they give power to, you know, the complexity of, of geopolitics within the MCU, but also with that emotional layer of somebody that can both grieve and, 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 and has those vulnerable feelings, but also, you know, has to be, showing a strong face for the rest yeah. of the country of the world that she is leading now and, 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 you know, being there also for her daughter and for her people. Yeah. And then you put it perfectly. And, and I think that's, you know, both with black Panther and now Wakanda forever. I mean, I think Kugler, both of these scripts, like he does such a fantastic job of putting, you know, real world issues and, and, and problems and what you know uh you know different nations deal with and things like that and and going over to you know how they introduce uh namor um i i think we talked a little bit about this and i hate the comparison of always dc versus marvel but like we just did our, our our black adam review and things like that and and that with killmonger in the first one and namor in this one i feel like moving on to that other side and and what the whole movie is about is between these two nations that are kind of um, both trying to protect their people from the outside world, uh, whether it's the United States trying to find uh, Vibranian to use or, um, or just, you know, no more the whole surface world finding out about them just much like Wakanda was in secret in that first movie. Um, I think uh, Tenoch uh, Huerta is fantastic as Namor. I think that whole story of of protecting your people, um, but maybe not going about it in, in in the best ways, I think is done excellently in in this movie. And I it's I hate again I said bringing up Black Adam, but everything that movie was trying to do with Black Adam of being the protector of his people and trying to kind of keep um, uh, uh, you know foreign entities out of that country and and taking over and things like that, I think is done so well in this movie and is exactly what black adam was trying to do where you are creating this sort of anti-hero right because like much like killmonger in that first one where you're watching it you're like man one michael b jordan's fantastic two you kind of get where killmonger is coming from and i think the best marvel villains are those ones you can connect with where they are doing objectively bad things but you start to go i understand why they're doing it or they bring up a really good yeah exactly and throughout that i think namor does uh, throughout this entire movie and that whole juxtaposition between um sorry what's his uh his uh talo talo ken or like is that uh, where he's from talo khan yeah between talo khan and wakanda uh and the similarities and the differences and um i think the juxtaposition between those two nations is, is done so well and you have this basically this war between these two um, uh, not necessarily countries because Taloken is not known to everyone, but these two nations um, I think is done so interestingly and it is complicated. And then you add in 
um, everything that Wakanda is dealing with with uh, with T'Challa, and I think that uh, they do such a good job of, or or Coogler especially, it does such a good job of like putting real world issues and um, into these villains, and and you understanding their motivations and really kind of uh, understand where they're coming from. And I think Namor is such a good villain throughout this movie, and that plays off of you know, the complications of what Shuri's feeling with going back to your point of how she's vulnerable at this moment and feeling like she failed and that she's looking at the world now in a different way after T'Challa's gone. And I think they play on that stuff all really well. And then um, going over to um, uh, Namor and the uh, the his people, I love the design of them all. <laughs> like, it's so, it's so cool. Like, all the underwater scenes are great. Um, but the design of when they come out of the water and have to go onto the surface world and like you see it in the trailers and their breathing apparatus, their breathing apparatus is so cool, man. Like it's just the whole design of this whole movie and the tech in Wakanda and just the designs of the characters, the costumes, like that's the stuff that always blew me away in that first movie. And Ruth Carter is is an amazing costume designer. And we should say like. The majority of the of the cast and crew are back for this, with the exception yeah. of of Rachel Morrison as the cinematographer. So you're 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 getting a lot of people that are building on something they already started. started so yeah. it, it, it feels like even when welcoming in, you know, uh, the Namor character in that world, it does, as you mentioned, have a familiar kind of connection to Wakanda because of the idea of, you know, uh, colonial trauma and the oppression that is felt within, you know, both of these worlds. And so even bringing in a character like that thematically connects and is relatable and doesn't feel like shorthand where there is some stuff that I will get into, um, that does kind of feel like it's a little bit rushed, even though some of it was conceived for this film as a launching off point for, future Marvel movies and series and things like that. But um, when you're watching kind of that kind of adversary relationship evolve, there are moments where you have uh, Tenoch Huerta and um, uh, Letitia Wright having thoughtful conversations and not simply just fighting each other. And I think that that is so important as well. You know, they're, 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 fighting with their words, but their words are also in this kind of play where some of the things that they say back and forth to each other, it's like, you know what? He's not wrong. She's not wrong. Yeah. I, I see where you're coming from. And there's this kind of almost respect for one another, you know, being leaders of, of, you know, worlds that are innovators and far more advanced than the earth is in general. Mm-hmm. The other thing I wanted to bring up too is like Coogler is so good at playing in this MCU sandbox where the MCU can be taken very seriously at times. It can be very goofy at times. And then there is this weird thing that Coogler is so good with where there's a lot of things that should be very, very silly in both Black Panther and in Wakanda Forever that Coogler just has a style to his filmmaking and the way he shoots action and the way that he, you know, uh, shows you characters and and the complicated nature of them that like even goofy things like Namor's like little f- uh, flying feet or like um, he's got these feathers and, and wings on his feet that just like should be silly and even like it almost looks know, like very, something out of like a Red Bull commercial yeah and it's it, and it's also very comic booky with its tech and its action and, and stuff like that but like um, Cooler just does such a good job where you're never going, this is ridiculous. Like you're saying this is ridiculous in like a good way when you're watching cer- certain sequences. But like, um, I just feel like there is one costume choice, which they are, uh, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That is goofy and still looks goofy, but I feel like overall the whole movie, he does such a good job at taking things where like and the MCU is, I guess, so good at that, like things that they've built this universe and you believe in this universe so much when you watch these movies, if you're into them, um, that things that should be like objectively really goofy or really silly come off as, you know, uh, cool or, or, um, you know, serious or something like that too, where, um, I think throughout this whole movie, there's just so many of those moments where I'm like, you're watching something and you're like, if I just, explained this to someone who either wasn't into this knew nothing about the mcu or maybe like 20 years ago you're saying this is what we're seeing on screen um 
there's been a lot of goofy movies and stuff like that too. Not and also a goofy movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, also a Disney movie. Um, anyways, I just, I, I just, the whole style and, and everything. And, and I think he just, man, I'm so impressed with Coogler, but, uh, where do you want to go from here, Eric? So, um, yeah, I think I'll bring up a couple criticisms. I quickly want to mention that, um, Autumn uh, Derald Arkenpah is the cinematographer who replaced uh, Rachel Morrison okay. on this. Um, sometimes I think it looks really good. And then there are other times where you do have that kind of, you know, green screen, blue screen mm-hmm. backdrop thing where you can tell that the cinematographer maybe hasn't had as much experience, experience with yeah. kind of shooting you know, in a set or in a studio compared to shooting outside, but it still looks good. It does look good, but I agree with you there. Yeah. And it, it kind of does have like that, you know, backlot kind of feeling at times, but it doesn't like take away anything from the film. Narratively speaking, I think where you come into some hiccups in terms of a story that is very much about, you know, reconciling with loss is that you you also have to realize that this is also again a a, a corporate enterprise yeah. and it's a it's, sequel it's part of the MCU I get it yeah. it's the end of a phase but it's also launching a bunch of stuff so when you introduce a character like Riri Williams aka Ironheart who's getting her own series you know who's a character that's brought in she's kind of brought in in a way that's almost kind of like a little bit of a, a MacGuffin and audience surrogate to the world of Wakanda, even though, you know, we, I think we spent enough time in Wakanda now to kind of get the beats and know it. Um, yeah. But it's the, it's still, again, you know, the outsider looking in, but you know, the familiar kind of idea of this young, you know, African-American woman who's a genius and, you know, the, the world that she's kind of dipped her toe in and she doesn't really even realize how, uh deep she's gotten into it with with what why she's involved with it and we'll get more into that with the spoilers but um you know i don't mind the character or the performance by dominique thorne i just think that to bring in a new character like this so quickly and to kind of again be an audience surrogate to everything that's going on but then also try to bring her into the emotional fold of everything kind of feels a little bit hollow at times. And it's again, not because the performance isn't bad. It's just that the the performance is very much like comedic relief throughout a lot of it. And, and she's doing a lot of wisecracking and sort of reacting to everything that's going on. And it just kind of feels like for every moment you have that is very insightful and compassionate and empathetic and, and, and looking at this really complex situation that is both within the story and outside of it in, in that meta layer, as you mentioned, it does feel tonally off every time we have those reactions, especially when you get into the third act where it's like, I don't know if, if some of those moments were, well-deserved in terms of it being, you know, to focus on Shuri and, and to focus on, you know, Akoya and, and to focus yeah. on, you know, characters that we've, we've come to know throughout the first Black Panther movie, but also, you know, sort of hinted at and, and referenced even in, you know, uh, Captain America civil war. So yeah, it's, it just kind of feels a little bit off. And then you get some stuff with Martin Freeman's character, which is like, okay, I get why he's in it because he was in the last one and he's a part of like the connection to the outside world and, and that exactly. Kind of and the government liaison. trying, yeah, exactly. The government trying to find, you know, uh, vibranium and, and, yeah. and, stuff and like him that. trying to be like the one that's kind of like, well, no, you know, like I was, I was saved by, you know, Shuri and, 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 and her compassion towards me. And, and, and I don't, I, I'm, at this crossroads, I'm, I'm conflicted by, by yeah. the situation that I've, I've been put in. And I, so you I definitely like get it, but yeah, but, I, but, but, but what it does, and we'll talk more about it in spoilers because I do understand why it's in there, but at yeah. the same time, it does feel like it, it throws off such a, a raw sort of singular vision um, that kind of feels like, Oh, this is, again weirdly comedic where it shouldn't be and th- again there's room there's for a great sort of cut you off for a sec like yeah. the opening of the movie i think sets up 
you know, the stakes and, and what the government's after and, and that it's the U S government and things like that, or the France, uh, the French government and stuff like that, that I, I agree with you completely. Like, I love this movie, but like both things you just brought up, I absolutely agree with. I, I love Riri Williams. I cannot wait for the Ironheart, uh, show. Um, I, I think the character is great. I think Dominique Thorne is great. Um, I do think that she's kind of wedged into this movie in a, sort of awkward way as sort of a plot device and sort of a, a strange second movie. We have to cram a lot into this. So let's also put in an introduction to a character that we'll get more of later. Like I almost would have liked that reversed where we had the Ironheart series first and got to know her. And maybe if she already popped up in this movie, then that we wouldn't have to put all that in here and and maybe the comedy still wouldn't work or something like that but like if that was switched around i almost would have been more okay with it even though i still ultimately think it think it works and i ended up liking the character and i can't wait to watch uh ironheart and i do like having shuri having a contemporary that is you know from the us and 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 stuff like that too i i like that and that juxtaposition there um and then with the everett ross stuff I think they do such a good job in that opening to set up what the movie's about that I don't know if you needed to keep going back to him. Like, I just, it feels like they're just putting him in here, like, because he's contracted and they have him and, like, it's set up for future things, which, again, Eric and I will talk about uh, in the spoiler cast. But, like, every time you cut over to him, you're like, just get back to... the pacing off Yeah, you're like, especially in a three-hour movie, like, uh, if you're going to have Riri Williams in this then maybe don't have Everett Ross or if you're going to have Everett Ross's whole subplot or, but then plot Na- or the C-plot. stuff with Namor stuff yeah, as well, like, right? Like it all, which is much more interesting. Up. Right. Yeah. So like you, every time you see, uh, uh, Ross, you're like, just get back to Namor or get back to Shuri or get back to, uh, you know, Angela Bassett. And like, um, I just, I totally agree with you that that stuff is the stuff that kind of, you know, at, at two hours and 45 minutes or whatever this movie is, um, it's, it's beefy and it flew by for me, but those moments, uh, were the ones where I'm like, eh, I probably didn't need this in here. And it feels like, oh, okay, this is still very much an MCU movie. We still very much need to set up what's coming out. What we're, we know Everett Ross is going to be in secret invasion. Like we, we kind of have to have that character, pop up in black panther 2 because he was in the first one and we know he's coming up in the future we can't just have him be gone until secret invasion although you probably could have um yeah, i so mean they could have put him really in like falcon and the winter soldier if they wanted him in something yeah. like a u.s government thing before secret invasion it just like, feels like an afterthought here where you, it's just like i get that it is what you said like i understand why they did it's just every time you go there you're like this isn't nearly as interesting as everything else that's happening yeah and 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 i think that that starts to build after a while for a film that is nearly three hours long and you kind of feel like oh okay like it is a little bit overstuffed with that stuff and and you know you do get some of the more traditional marvel studio kind of um plot points throughout as well especially with the action and things like that like there are moments that are very inventive and subtle there's one in particular that i'll mention in in the spoiler cast but um it does feel like it kind of goes back to you know that's why i I think that's the one thing like i know a lot of people didn't like she hulk but like i i found she hulk's sort of third act refreshing refreshing because it didn't it tried to deconstruct that a little bit where this kind of goes back to the classic like you know you have characters fighting each other and it's just and like, that's what the first black panther had too right like that yeah. the first two-thirds of that movie are excellent and then you get to that last fight between killmonger and, and uh t'challa, t'challa and it's just like all right <laughs> like yeah. it's doing that marvel thing of like the the mirror fight kind of thing right like fighting yeah. yourself or and wandavision this, did a really good yeah. job with that with with vision where vision was fighting himself but he was having again more of a conversation it was a battle of wits right where and you do get a little bit of that here but well, i mentioned yeah. that with 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 namor and and yeah. shuri right having those conversations like they're 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 diplomatic in a way but they're still kind of like this this fight but the fight is and they still need a big war right they still need a big battle sequence right which is the mcu thing you're again that goes back to our original points of this being you know, a really emotional kind of complicated movie with deep themes and stuff like that. But at its 
core, it's still a popcorn MCU movie. It still needs to be entertaining. It still has to have action. It still has to have world building. It still has to have like the MCU building. Like it all has to have those, those pieces that kind of, you know, when I said in my tweet and you, and it's one of your biggest criticisms, Eric, is there's a lot going on in this movie and you probably could have tightened it up and made something really phenomenal if you kind of tightened it up a little bit. But um, that being said, re-re phenomenal. Yeah. That being said, it's still wholly entertaining. And like, it's even if it's a little bloated at times or you do f- to some, to your point, you felt the length a little bit where I kind of felt like it flew by, but um, it's still ultimately like, I think in that last act, and again, we'll go more into the, this in, in the spoiler cast. It's so hard to dance when we do these MCU movies where we really don't want to spoil any, when we really don't want to spoil anything. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's so hard to talk about specifics, but I, I do think the last act does a little bit of what you're saying. Cause I, I, I feel like there is one big, obviously, you know, action sequence, but um, at least I feel like because of the complicated nature and the juxtaposition between those two nations, they do do it in an interesting, uh, in a sort of interesting way. Um, loved, uh, Ludwig Gordson's score. Oh there's a my new, God. there's a new theme Popped that off, rips. man. That's like the whole score rips. I mean, he crushed it in the first movie. Right. Um, and obviously a lot of those themes come back for this. Um, but he plays with music so well, both with the, it's not necessarily, he probably, um, helped produce the, the, you know, the actual soundtrack to the, the licensed music, which is all great throughout the movie. Um, but the actual score, which uses a lot of the stuff from the first black Panther, obviously, um, elevated in different ways. And there's some somber moments like we talked about, but then there's like, uh, yeah, like, uh, uh, themes and, and stuff like that. And playing with the like way- the ancient Mayan sort God, of so civilization, good. but yeah, it, it, it gives this kind of texture and, and, you know, it, it feels very much like it is the character's identity it's a part of their identity you know and that's when music especially in the mcu is is at its best right is like when you have these themes that are are attached to these characters or these worlds that you can use in other film and that's the type of world building and 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 fun serialized filmmaking why i love the mcu is like everything of like taking iconic pieces of score and now you're going to hear that maybe in an upcoming x-men project or something like that right or um like whenever you know they bring back the the talokan nation or or something like that like um and we've seen that comic-con and talokan yeah uh comic-con's taking place in comic-con talokan um and then like we've heard that with the black panther themes right like you'll when we heard it in falcon and the winter soldier we've heard it pop up in what if or 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 things like that like all you need is that couple like notes right like especially with black panther you just set the like and i did it bad but like you just hear that like that that beat and you're like i know exactly what they're referencing and there's so many like great moments in this movie where ludwig just pops the fuck off and is just like absolutely and it does you know a great score elevates a movie right like where um you're just like oh fuck like i'm all in right now with this action sequence or this dramatic beat or something because the score is adding to it right and and he is just he's on another level he's so good yeah i mean the the two people we haven't really mentioned in terms of the cast are the two us actors actually lapita nyong'o and winston duke um winston duke is a lot of fun and kind of daniel uh, kaluuya not back in this movie no one 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 of the jordan peele actors is is not i just thought i'd mention that he was just (laughs) he was dealing with a cloud issue i think yeah he was shooting a nope right which is why he couldn't do this yeah yeah um which would be which would have been amazing if they like cut to him like you know (laughs) (laughs) wearing a jean jacket yeah yeah. um but yeah i i love winston duke because he is again comedic relief here but he's not mbaku is such a fun character yeah he's not overbearing either like he's not one of those characters that you throw in and 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 it's like okay like oh like we're getting another joke you know kind of thing where it's like he's he is a very powerful character but he's also one that kind of you know steps in it at times and and you kind of like that there's a couple moments where i literally laughed out loud from yeah from him Uh, yeah just the way he eats something is yeah that's what i was gonna reference too that's exactly (laughs) the sound design is incredible but like he's so charismatic as 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 an actor winston duke i like i just you know he hasn't had many leading roles as of yet so i i you know other than than nine days but um 
yeah, I hope he gets gets more. Like, I would love to see him take on his own, like, action franchise or something. I don't know. And then Lupita Nyong'o, like, I think we'll talk more about her great too. Yeah. in spoilers. But, yeah, it's interesting where we are first introduced to her character again because it does – you know, this isn't spoiler, really. It does take some time to reintroduce her. And I think that it yeah. makes sense with how they kind of bring her back a little later on in the movie and not right away. So um, with that in mind, it's, it's you know, like she kind of reminds you of, of why she is such a great actor. But on top of that, it's like, it, it makes you think like, what a waste that the 355 was, you know? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> the character kind of, like, the char- again, we'll get into it more with spoilers. The character where where, where she is in, in this movie kind of reminded me where the character is in the 355. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And we did touch on Angela Bassett, but she, I think, absolutely crushes this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, with giving her a little bit more to do than in, in the first one. And she was great in the first one, too. But um, great you mentioned that- four. Yeah, you mentioned that scene in, in the uh, government hall or whatever. Yeah. The, the hell in, it in is. Geneva, yeah, um, in Geneva, and and but then throughout the whole movie, like um, Shuri is very much the emotional core of this movie, but Ramonda, like she does a lot of heavy lifting, and Angela Bassett is just is so fantastic. Um, like my highlights were, yeah, were Letitia Wright, um, Angela Bassett, and and Tenoch Huerta are were the three like standouts for me. Where um, and you mentioned like everyone's great in their roles and they're they're coming into their own too, being playing these characters a couple times now too. But um, I was just surprised that I know Angela Bassett's a great actress, but like I just wasn't expecting her to go so hard in this movie because I feel like there are those really showy moments. Um, but like they just i don't know they're just done so organically and well because of that kind of meta nature of of what the characters are dealing with and what what the actors are dealing with and what the audience is dealing with that it just brings this kind of emotional kind of um depth to the prom- performance and i just feel like she's really 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 good yeah and and i think another thing like her character surprisingly is not like she's again, you know, the word compassion has come up a lot, but her character is also fierce, and she can really um, just bring you to your knees, and that can mean you know people that are antagonists or people that are close to her, um, and and she'll let you have it because she is not mincing words uh, at this mm-hmm. point, and we'll again go into this more in spoilers, but there's one moment where I was like, oh, in so many other movies usually you know that interpersonal relationship with other characters that they're familiar with are are you know like kind of you know not scolding in the sense but like kind of like telling you off like oh you know better like you know make sure you do better next time but there's something in this that happens that goes a little bit more in a kind of like oh wow like she really like just you know demonstrated why she's the queen yeah Absolutely. Uh, anything else you want to touch on before we kind of just uh, give our final scores here? I'm trying to think if there's anything we kind of missed talking on. I don't think so. I think it's one yeah. of those movies where it's like we'll have more to say within the spoiler discussion and even in our regular uh, show as people with the see press it conference. And, kind of, and yeah. yeah, and as as it has time to kind of settle and people will watch it. And and I do think like we'll we'll talk about this more again. But of phase four, looking at it as a whole, I would probably say that this, even though my rating might not seem as high. Sure, but that's on phase four in general, too. (laughs) Yeah, I do think that this is probably the strongest movie within phase four. Um, I I do feel that maybe in terms of the series stuff, um, both Loki and WandaVision are maybe a little bit more innovative with kind of playing with you know, the structure of an MCU plot where this is very much the emotional core of phase four. And this is, you know, the, this is, this is the, this is the heart and soul of, of what phase four is. And I think that this is the best movie and the one that wasn't disappointing or was just purely entertainment. Like it kind of felt like it had a good balance because catharsis and corporate synergy doesn't work all the time or ever. Uh, and I think that <laughs> Ryan Coogler 
did the best job he, could, he possibly yeah. could given the impossible circumstances of making a movie work like this. I absolutely agree with you. I think it's fighting with Shang-Chi for me as like my favorite phase four movie. Cause I feel like it's very different. Cause I think with Shang-Chi, I went in like not maybe knowing what to expect, not knowing much about the character um, or, and I think I just like the action sequences maybe more in Shang-Chi, but it also still has like a style and a vibe to it that I really, really loved. And I think when I came out of Shang-Chi, I felt like exhilarated. Like I was like, Oh shit. Like I, I really, really liked that movie a lot. Um, it, sure. The last act also kind of falls into that kind of CGI fest kind of, uh, territory, but I just feel like it's fighting with Shang-Chi as my favorite phase four movie. And I feel like, you know, that's not a super high bar because like, you know, Black Widow's fine. Eternals, we didn't really love, um, you know, Love and Thunder. I know you didn't really care for. I would, I thought it was fun, but like, I didn't, I don't really have strong feelings on it. So like phase four has been a bit of a mixed bag and I'm interested to see once we are close to the end of the multiverse saga, uh, how everyone feels about it like because the mcu is so interesting where i feel like i change my thoughts on movies as i re-watch them with the context as that re-re-re-watch i re-re-watch them <laughs> yeah <laughs> as i re-re-re-watch them um and when i've seen movies in the future or shows in the future that i feel like then add to the movies of the past and the shows maybe the shows of the past as we move forward and stuff Days like of that future too, past. so like going back and watching Age of Ultron after seeing WandaVision and, and stuff like that, or um, you know, seeing Loki's journey and and or all that kind of stuff. Like I think it it, it changes and and uh you know morphs into different <laughs> things as as you kind of get more of this universe. So I, I'm curious to see like once we have all the puzzle pieces, like are we going to look back at some of those movies that felt this whatever and then go oh shit that had that moment or it's not necessarily retconning i feel like it's just it's like what andor's doing right now i feel like it's elevating rogue one to the point where like the best stuff either whether it comes in the future and is a prequel or is, is something in the future where if it adds some context or or brings something to that original property uh, it can kind of make that thing better if that thing is really really good so uh yeah i think it's up there with shang chi on the tv shows i'm with you with loki and wandavision um i i think those two are just absolute bangers but then i also love she hulk uh, i love to miss marvel hawkeye was i liked elements of hawkeye so like disappointed with moon knight yeah disappointed with moon knight so it's interesting looking back at phase four now that we're sort of done like it, they say this is the end of phase four because it's the last movie in phase four except for we the do. guardian special well, and the guardian special which is like a tv movie but it's gonna only be 45 minutes but like or, or i think 45 minutes maybe an hour um and it's probably just gonna be like a fun thing it's not really gonna have big lasting implications on the mcu but maybe i'm wrong maybe kevin bacon like, yeah <laughs> kevin bacon's the newest member of guardians of the galaxy and he's in volume three who knows um but I really, really, re, 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 loved <laughs> this. Uh, I did love this movie. Like I, I, throughout the whole thing, I was like, oh, like I had plenty of like, oh shit. Like I loved uh, certain action sequences, and we'll go into all of this stuff more. But um, Namor, maybe, we'll go into it more. Namor, <laughs> God damn it. Um, I uh, will go into it more, and I know we keep saying it in the no spoiler more. cast, and maybe it's recency bias. And you know, I always get. I love the MCU, so I'm always. Like again, I'm I'm mostly at least entertained by these movies at, at worst. So I'm gonna give the movie a four point five. Uh, I'm taking the point five off for some of the same things Eric mentioned, which is a little overstuffed. The Everett Ross stuff feels like it doesn't need to be there. The Riri Williams stuff, um, it's so hard to say sometimes. Um feels like maybe I would have liked that character introduced earlier and then brought in, in, in a supporting role in this movie. Um, but overall I was just like thoroughly entertained. I felt like it was emotional from start to finish. I think, uh, Namor is one of the top tier MCU villains with Killmonger. Like I feel like Kugler just gets it like, um, when it comes to villains in the MCU. Um, and I just thoroughly enjoyed this movie. So 4.5 for me. 
Yeah, I, I, I liked it. But again, I, I do have um, some criticisms just with the narrative structure and the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe of it all sometimes, um, you know, getting in the way of telling a really kind of poignant and impactful story, which Singular is there story, and, and, yeah. and throwing it off a, a little bit from time to time. And, and with that, it's like it, it, it kind of becomes frustrating after a while. And even though I, I understand you, you need a little bit of room to, to to have the characters explore, you know, their emotions and have more of an interior life. It, it does feel still a little long in by the time you get to that third act. Um, so with that, I'm going to give it a three and a half, but it, it could very well go up to four or, or, or four and a half in, in, in due time. Because again, there's a lot of stuff that I really do, reread do like um and so you know like i i also do really like riri williams i just think that like again like i think you made a good point where maybe the the shorthand should have been the series first and then bring her into this because at least you would have a little bit more of a connection to her than just kind of having to really again you know cheat your way riri. through yeah exactly <laughs> and so with all that said you know i still like the movie a lot it's just not on that level of the first black panther um or iron man 3 in that it just kind of or, or the I first love, guardians i movie. love how much me and you love iron man 3 because we're iron like man in 3 a... rocks yeah i know i think people will look back on and that's iron why man i like this online. though too i think i think there is some comparison there where iron man 3 not only felt like we always talk about like shane black being one of the first guys and, and gun a little bit as well, kind of bringing their own personality and voice into the MCU. But what I also like about Iron Man three is that Iron Man three actually looked at the events, you know, post first Avengers movie and was like, okay, well, Tony is suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. And it mm -hmm. kind of felt like it, it was taking a little bit of time to really, give these characters some space to breathe from yeah. such a, you know, global international world event that, you know, would have that psychological impact where, you know, the, the world of Wakanda is mourning a loss and, you know, fans of Chadwick Boseman are still feeling that as well. And it, and it's, it's even more, heartening when you know he gets an oscar nomination for ma rainey's black bottom and you know you think like oh that's it but then you still have this movie and even though he's not in it his presence is always is felt felt yeah. and that legacy will be everlasting yeah that's a great point and something i would have never i think not many people will compare this movie to iron man 3 just because and even the way it strips tony down and takes away the iron man suit right like something yeah. we didn't really talk about in this review, which we'll go more into in the spoiler cast is that like, there's, you know, there's no black Panther. Basically we've seen in the, in the trailers that, you know, there is going to be a new black Panther, but like his presence is missed in this movie, right? Like it's, I don't know if it's a, it's a negative because the way that they handle it, I think we both think that they did it at least well or, and very well, but um, his presence is, you know, you take, a Black Panther movie and then take the Black Panther away and then you're making a Wakanda movie for the most part, um, I think is interesting and kind of like what you said with Tony and what Tony's dealing with is what the women of Wakanda are dealing with, not necessarily one-to-one. -one. We're just comparing like, you know, when the MCU tackles emotional topics. Or more um, human themes within, human themes, within yeah. the superhero genre yes. because the superhero themselves usually deal with superficial exactly, yeah. qualities where like, you know, we, we joke that like, you know, in, in, in some things it is a little silly where like the Falcon can't get a loan or something like that. But at least now they are trying to incorporate things that, you know, even heroes can't necessarily get across and that's again like why i think the one aspect of something like superman works so well in the richard donner movie or in the original comic books is that superman can you know save anybody do anything but internally speaking he couldn't save pa kent 
you know. But in Man of Steel, he could have, and he just didn't. Yeah, so. and that's what that's another <laughs> one of the many reasons why Zack Snyder's Man of Steel sucks. <laughs> that's why we're. That's where we're going to end this. Really. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Black Panther: Wakanda Forever is is great. You're going to go see it if you're listening to this. You might have already seen it, um, but if you have already seen it, uh, go check out our spoiler cast. It will be available basically as the movie drops, or I'm going to post it the minute the first screenings get out. So, so Thursday the, night then. Thursday so the night 10th? is Thursday the tenth. Our and it opens wide on November the eleventh. Yes, uh, there are early screenings starting at three p.m. Pacific, six p.m. Uh, Eastern. So around nine p.m. Eastern, uh, our spoiler cast will be live. So uh, you guys can go check that out right after you see the movie. Uh, you guys can also check out the latest episode of the Untitled Movie Podcast, which is episode 137. Eric and I attended the virtual press conference for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about what Ryan Coogler said and what Letitia Wright and the rest of the cast kind of talked about in that press conference, um, as well as maybe where we kind of see the MCU uh, without that won't have any spoilers in it either. Um, because we're going to be dropping that as you're listening to this. It's available for you guys now. Uh, we have other reviews that you guys can go check out for movies like Causeway, uh, shows like Tales of the Jedi, uh, James Gunn's Armageddon Time, After Sun. Uh, you said Goodness. James Gunn's Armageddon Sorry, James Gunn. <laughs> that would be a very different movie. Sorry, James I Gray. Got, <laughs> I got MCU on the mind. James Gray's Armageddon Time. I would like to see James Gray's Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Oh, my God. <laughs> it would be very different. It would be very uh, depressing. <laughs> After Sun, The Good Nurse, uh, Black Adam that we mentioned, Halloween Ends, Tar, Rosalind, Amsterdam, all of our TIFF content. Head over to Untitled Movie Reviews or you're already there or on YouTube, uh, which I think we have a new URL because we I picked our username on YouTube because it's a new thing. So I think you can just go to YouTube.com slash at Untitled Movie Podcast. Um, and User like the, wins. Um, and you guys can go check out everything um, over on our YouTube channel, One Stop Shop for Everything. Head over to Letterboxd, which is Untitled underscore Movies. Um, and as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at UntitledMoviePodcast.com. And you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. I'd usually send you over to Twitter, but who the hell knows by the time you're listening to this what that is. Um, <laughs> so maybe... Maybe follow us on Letterboxd. I don't know where people are going to talk about things anymore. Uh, We're on movies, Instagram. Uh, on mo For movies specifically, uh, Letterbox, which is maybe where I'm going to start. I used to do my tweet reviews after I saw a movie, but maybe I'll start actually doing Letterboxd reviews because I, I never usually did that. But um, I don't. It's so depressing. Anyways, still follow me on Twitter while you can. Well... <laughs> It's a great way to follow that one up. Uh, I'm Eric March, and you can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. I'm still on Twitter for now, I guess, but who knows what that hellscape will bring today, tomorrow, or... Oh, God, what a nightmare. Uh, until next time. I re-re miss Chadwick Boseman, T'Challa forever. <laughs>